All right, you guys, well, we're gonna get started. Um, I'm gonna do a quick little introduction. I'm gonna have my friends over here introduce themselves to you, uh, and then the floor is open. So um, you might've seen me around camp a little bit this week, but my name is Mariah, and I, am the, I have the absolute pleasure of being the Youth and Young Adult Supervisor at Mount Hermon. So I've served um, it, at family camp since 2016, and I've been living up here since February, helping get ready for the summer. Um, I'm from Carson City, Nevada, and I kind of ended up at camp in kind of a crazy way. Um, but I have been up here and getting to serve with a lot of these campers since they started in youth, which is kind of crazy. Um, but I'm going to let them introduce themselves to you. They're going to tell you their name, what grade they're going into, their Mount Hermon history, and then just like what your guys' schooling is like. Do you go to public school, private school, charter school? Because I feel like that kind of helps gauge um, what our panel looks like and kind of the questions that can come in. So before that, I just want to give a little uh, pre preface to what's going to happen. And that is just that these campers have taken a lot of courage to come up here and to sit on this panel and to talk and hang out with you guys. So for the time being, anything that they say is not wrong. Um, it is their opinion and it's where they're at. And that's um, what they're feeling vulnerable to share with you. Also, this is just a place of respect. So in the same way that they'll respect you, I ask that you guys respect them. And if I ever cut a question off, which I haven't had to do yet this summer, um, it's nothing against you. It just might be time for us to move on to the next thing. So if you guys want to introduce yourselves, we can start with Gregory. I'm George. Um, I'm from Maradon, Florida. I'm going into ninth grade, and I go to a public school. And this is my third year at Mount Hermon. Hi, I'm Mackenzie. I'm going to 11th grade. I'm from Texas, and this is my first year at Mount Hermon, and I go to a public school. So many different states. Hi, I'm Grace. Um, I'm going into 10th grade. I'm from Brisbane in California, and I go to an all-girls Catholic school. Oh, yeah. Um, I've been coming here every year for basically my entire life. Uh, I'm Daniel. Um, 15. I'm going to 11th grade. Um, last year was my first year. Um, what was the other part? Oh, uh, and I'm uh, homeschooled. Been homeschooled my entire life. It's awesome. A big, diverse group, which is my favorite way to do this. So, as um, Dave Burns always says, it's always hardest for the first question. So, who's got one? And that was not hard at all. <laughs> Also, I'm going to have you guys use the mic because this is going to be recorded. And so when you ask a question, I'll just hand you the mic. So just a little history. We gave our um, daughter when she was 13, about this time of the year, a cell phone. And she had it for about five months. Um, when we took it away from her, we noticed a huge change in her. And when we took it away from her, we noticed she had like four Instagram accounts. Um, and it was like she was always... She couldn't get off it until she was done editing this or editing that. And I felt like ha her having a phone and being involved in social media was so much pressure. And it negatively affected her. And so now it's like we don't think she should have a phone because of social media, social media until she's driving for emergency purposes. However, we've learned from... A therapist that it's important for her to communicate actively with friends so she has to use my phone to do that so I'm just I was just wanting to know about why would a child have so many Instagram accounts and what is was with that was that more pressure or why would you do even do that well I think especially as like a teenage girl, it's really hard, especially with Instagram you're constantly comparing yourself with other girls and I know I get involved with that a lot but Having, an, having Instagram is also good because I can keep up with all my friends and figure out what they're doing a lot and stay in touch with like my Mount Hermon friends, especially since I'm going to Texas, I won't be able to see them again. Um, so I think staying connected with your friends is important, but um, limiting the amount of time is also very important because it's so easy for girls to get caught up in the way that she looks or the way that she's acting and they all think, oh, their life is perfect, but you have to teach her like, um, they're not putting out their real life out there. This is all fake. This is um, all Instagrammed and photoshopped and all that stuff. They're not putting out their worst moments. So she just has to know that there's a real person behind the screen. And so she doesn't get caught up in um, comparing herself with other girls and all that stuff. Do you think that's 
there's a thing there's a thing called they're called finstas yeah it's well sometimes we'll make spam accounts so she can post whatever she wants Mm -hmm. because you have to have an instagram which is like professional and then you have your spam account which is like so you can have your closest friends on there so you, you don't have like the guys you like see it or whatever so so sometimes sometimes they're about like a certain like artist or something that they like 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 a tv show or something and then also i think that i had this conversation with my roommates the other day because i feel old because someone had to break down what that was to me because i was like why would you have more than one but it's because you have one that's like where you put your best pictures and that's like the one that your parents follow say and then you have like your other one which is where you just post like random pictures that you maybe are like goofier or sillier and not as like perfect as the other ones. And then like your favorite artist and then there's like the cartoonish one or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. They're all different. Some people have extra for like if they like to draw and they'll put all that. So Um, so how my parents kinda manage the entire social media thing. I'm not allowed to have Instagram, Snapchat, any of those stuff. Um with my phone that we have a screen time limit thing. It's something you can set on Apple devices where you set the screen time limit. And once that lim- limit goes up, it stops you. You can't use the app anymore. Um, one of the reasons, I mean, mainly the reason why I can't have those is because of, I mean, stuff. They don't really want me to, like, expose me to inappropriate stuff and, and all that kind of stuff and all that time. And another thing is sitting on your phone all day, interacting with others, it's not the same as meeting face-to-face with people. I mean, one of the reasons why kids are on their Snapchat and Instagram accounts eight, nine hours a day is due to the fact that they need to feel, I mean, they need to feel connected to other people. And it's almost like an artificial connection. It's not a real person-to-person, face-to-face connection. So that's my take on that. Does that help with the, I had, I literally used to work at a coffee shop and someone, I was like, why do you have two Instagrams? And then it took, 20 minutes for someone to break it down to me because I'm old, but it's fine. So um, I'm trying to decide the age to allow my daughters to have a phone first, so I'd love to know what age you were. Um, I love that your parents limit what you have access to, which I'm intending on doing as well, because I agree it's not communicating. Um, Communicating is talking. Um, And... I'd like to hear how you explain to your friends, um, how you explain to your friends that you don't have Instagram or Snapchat or Whistlewoo, whatever those things are, right? Um, and how you, how your parents empowered you to be secure in that. Um, so I don't have a phone, um, and I I don't have a phone um, because I can't pay for it right now. Um, and so I think that that's a good way of doing it, um, uh, because you know, obviously, all the things that you know gives them uh, personal responsibility, and all those kinds of things. Um, I think I think fourteen or fifteen is probably like the youngest to have a phone, um, but I mean, the way I always tell you know my friends and stuff why I don't have a phone or why I don't have Snapchat or Instagram is that. You know, well, I don't have time for Snapchat and Instagram, and I would have to drop something in my life if I was to keep up a social media presence. Um, and for the phone, just the exact reason it is, you know, I haven't saved up enough money yet, so. I usually just tell people, I mean, I got a phone when I was 13 years old, and ever since I got a phone, my parents have placed, like, a lot of restrictions on me. Um, but whenever someone asks me, like, it's really hard, because I'm, I mean, there's a lot, like, the majority of kids have Snapchat and Instagram, and being in that minority can be really tough sometimes. But um, I usually just, like, when someone asks for my Snapchat or Instagram, I just said, I say I don't have one. When they ask why, I just say, ask my parents. Um, I paid for my own phone, um, but I got a phone when I was 11 years old. Um, I didn't have any real use for it until I was... 14 because none of my friends had phones really and so all I could really do was go on Instagram but none of my friends had Instagram so I really just say wait till you're for they're 14 and 
paying for your phone is such a great idea because first of all, they're gonna take care of it better because I know um, that my little sister didn't pay for her own phone and she was willy-nilly with it all the time. And you're gonna wanna take care of it and um, also just put restrictions on it. Um, I only get an hour and a half a day and so I make sure to use that time wisely. How do you not feel left out if you don't have a phone? I mean, um, I have. I mean, I've kind of felt left out, just in the sense that everybody has something that I don't. Um, but I've never really let that affect me, and that's kind of just like something—a personal thing that I just kind of told myself, you know, just suck it up, you know. But. Um, I would say just uh, filling your life with something meaningful other than a phone, um, friends, stuff like that. It's, it's really, um, a phone is just, it's, it's a device that's used to have fun, to communicate, to, you know, send information, stuff like that. So, um, you know, a computer is just, you know, almost exactly the same and, you know, I have fun on a computer and stuff like that, so. Awesome, next question. I have a 14-year-old who's going into high school, and um, he's going to be interacting with um, some older kids because he's going to that bridge high school. Um, and he's a sociable, he's very sociable. Um, he also has a grade, so he tells me, I have the grade, I want the phone. But being so social, I know he's gonna connect, and I, I don't know who he's gonna connect to. And I know you've talked about apps to, to control. Um, how do I make sure that he doesn't go into um, what he shouldn't go to? Especially that he's going to be taking some classes with college kids. And um, So how do parents help um, their children like have a good group of friends, is what it sounds like. Is that where we're headed? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm kind of in the same situation. I'm going to be a freshman next year. Um, I'm pretty social, and I'm going to be taking um, classes with juniors and seniors in high school. Um, what I've done, um, I've gotten into activities. I'm in band, so I do a lot of band stuff. Um, just, I'd say just find them activities where, like, you know, like, there's good kids in that group and everything. And, like, just try to get them in an area where... It's like positive and like the other kids are like where are you just make sure like that you get him involved because that means he can find a lot of people. That means he's a lot of choices um, to find good friends and friends that he can really connect with and friends that won't get him in a lot of trouble. I think a lot of the time when kids do get involved with the wrong crowd is because they're looking for an easy way to get friends. And so I think it's really important that you get involved with activities. Um, I'm on the cross country team and the debate team. And so it's really easy. Uh, it was really easy for me to find friends uh, that made me comfortable and that um, were into the same things that I liked. And I didn't have to go and find friends that I didn't really like, but I didn't want to be lonely. So that's where a lot of kids get involved with the wrong crowd because they're just looking for an easy way to get friends. I just say that the fastest way to find a good group of friends is do activities. You know, fastest way to find friends at Mount Hermon is just play Nine Square. You know, all day. Um, specifically this week. <laughs> yeah, specifically this week. Um, but uh, yeah, so just activities, sports, those kinds of things are really great for finding friends. Another thing I wanted to highlight: if there's like activities at a school, like an FCA or like. Uh, Bible club or whatever, get him in those, because that means, I mean, he's around other Christian kids, which is really going to create a positive experience. Uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes is SCA, for people who don't know, and then um, there's often, like, some kind of club or, like, a youth group that will do some kind of outreach on high school campuses. Um, sorry, just one thing. Like, it's also important to know that, to let your kid know that it's okay to be alone. Like, 
I've sat at lunch and myself at the library doing my homework alone, and I feel comfortable in that. I feel comfortable it's okay for me to sit outside and read a book or do my homework alone. It's You don't always have to be surrounded by friends at all times. It is very important to be social, and that's really healthy for a child, but it's also important to know that it's okay to be alone, and it's you need to be comfortable with your own self and that you're able to be alone by yourself and still have fun. Awesome. Uh, so I know there's been a lot of tech and social media questions already, but um, I, I was wondering, um, so thinking back when I was growing up, we didn't have you know cameras in everyone's pockets and posting to social media instantly and all that. So I feel like we felt a lot more free to make mistakes and have fun and maybe things that you'd look back on now, you're like, well, I'm glad there's not a video of that for the whole world to see, right? Because um, you learned from it and you moved on. Do you guys feel like you're under more pressure under the current set of circumstances, and how have you found ways to kind of deal with that? Um, I have, definitely. Um, especially just posting pictures on Instagram, like editing and uh, making sure I look good in this photo, um, making sure that, but it's also important that I think about my future and like if colleges see this, um, will they be okay with that? Or if my grandma would see that. But what I do is I have my grandma follow my Instagram and my aunt and my uncle and my mom follows my Instagram. So I make sure that whatever they see, I'm okay with it. So honestly, that's what I do. <laughs> Uh, I think it does put a pressure on everybody, and uh, I think it's 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 good to some extent because you think about oh you know if I do this stupid thing somebody probably filming you know over there and it's probably gonna be on YouTube in you know a week or something so um, and but there, then there's also the the the, the bad side of that is like something of the idea that somebody's probably watching me as I'm doing this uh, which is kind of a scary thought for for some people but. I mean, as college gets more like a lot more competitive in this country and everything, um, you, I always try to you know get better grades, better everything. I don't want to if I mess up somewhere on the internet or whatever, that could ruin my entire life. So, I mean, sometimes I just have to like almost I have to like trust God that like. He has a plan for me, and that, like, he knows it's best for me, and he's protecting me from, um, like, the evil ways of this world, or he just has his angels comforting me. Awesome. Next. Oh, go ahead, Grace. Grace, go. No, Grace, go. Okay, here it is. So I personally don't get on Facebook very much because I find it incredibly depressing because I'm like, oh my gosh, they got a new puppy or they all went to the concert or, you know, whatever it is. How come I didn't go? Um, and so if me as an adult who goes, and I know they got in a fight before they left for that concert or whatever, you know, I can rationally say I know that is not their best life. I'm, it's hard enough dealing with my daughters who get, don't get invited to the party or, you know, ate lunch alone at school. Like, I can talk to them about how to be okay with that, to sit by themselves. Like, I, I got that one down. But I don't know how to comfort myself around Facebook, let alone comfort my children around Facebook. So I don't know if you have an answer for that or a thought for that, but I would love to know that. <laughs> I mean, I think I think the question goes back to how do you guys handle the social pressure of having things like Instagram and only seeing the best parts of people's lives? I'd say just block it out of your life. Don't <laughs> let it. He's just saying get rid of Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Have, yeah, so I'm going to repeat it just so. But have you guys ever thought about deleting? I delete the app at least, like, once a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not ready for that yet. 
I might get there someday. But the what I can do is, like, when I'm on it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm getting so obsessed with this. Like, I'm on it way too long. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to delete it. And then I'll download it back the next day. But at least for that day, it's out of my life. <laughs> but I don't know yet. I moved mine off my home screen a few years, uh, like two years ago. No, I'm serious because I was tired of seeing everybody's engagement pictures. And I was like, this is just draining joy. So I moved it off the front page. So it's not the first thing I see anymore. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, following like the more fun pages of Facebook and stuff like that is probably going to be better than following people actually. Um, so like like uh, meme pages, stuff like that, is, uh, they're just really great, you know, they're funny and stuff like that. Uh, but when you follow the people themselves, you, you get a lot of the fakeness and the, the, you know, just, oh, yay, we got to a concert, great, you know, and I wasn't invited, that kind of thing, so. Perfect, I'm gonna go here and then here and then we'll figure it out. I have a question, have any of you been bullied through your phone? And if you have, how did you handle that and deal with that? Or if not you, do you guys know someone who has been? Um, I definitely have uh, know a lot of people that have been bullied. Um, it's a really hard thing because it's out there and some of it's anonymous too, so it's really hard to really go for it. It's just. You have to seek friendships in real life, and um, it's just a lot of things are, are very serious, especially in social media and pictures and all that stuff. Um, it's just you have to be really careful and find, seek friendships in real life and seek comfort in them and um, be able to be open up to your child so they can come and talk to you when these issues do come out um, because some of them are very serious and embarrassing, and they probably – are embarrassed to go talk about it, but it's important that they feel comfortable enough to come and talk to you about it um, because um, it's really scary if it eats inside you. Next question. How many of you are involved in a midweek church group? Um, if you could please just list some benefits and some drawbacks um, from being involved in some sort of midweek youth activity um, and something that you would like to see happening that is not happening. So we'll start, we'll, I'll break this down and then we'll stay on this one for a minute. So what are some positives and negatives of like the midweek activity? And then we'll go to something you would like to see. We'll do that question next. Uh, well, my youth group's on Friday, so I mean midweek kind of, but... Um uh, I think uh, positives are you get involved with uh, Christian, you know, people who are your same age. You know, that's great positive. Um, and it's also it's just another group of friends. So, you know, you have the activities, you know, whether it's sports, you know, school, everything like that. And then you just have another one uh, to fall back on. You know, oh, well, I don't have anyone to hang out because everyone's here. Everyone's at school, you know, whatever. Um, a negative... Um, I mean, the only negative I can think of at this point is when you're not able to go um, and you just feel like, oh, yeah, they're probably doing this and this and this and whatever. But um, I'm in one. I do, too. But one of the best things about it is, like, like what he said, is having a group of friends to talk to at school that you have the same thing in common with. Um, I say a drawback for me is some of the girls there can be a little clicky um, in terms of like having their own little group and not very inclusive, at least at my school. Um, so it, I do find it a little hard to jump into a friendship um, at my youth groups because they're not the most inviting. So that's what my drawback would be. Um, so, I go to a youth group on Wednesday nights. Um, I moved to Florida about three years ago. When I started going to this church, like, I was new to it and everything. Um, when I first went to the youth group, it was kind of like, it's kind of like a church about, it's kind of like a church, like, everyone's been going there for the past 50 years, so it's kind of that everyone does everyone church. And to be a new kid was kind of weird at first. Um, on the first night, I came back home crying, um, but, and another thing is, 
majority of kids that go to this youth group, almost all of them go to one school, and the school I was going to, to there's like no one at all. So um, I prayed a lot about it. Um, I eventually just, like st was able to start going again. Um, it's now probably one of my favorite times of the week going to youth group. Uh, the positives of it are, um, I mean, you just get to interact with other Christians and you get to bring each other up. It's just such a fun experience to go in there every night, you get to play games and everything together. It's probably one of the best times of my week. Negatives, um, personally, I mean, it was just kind of really hard to like, and it's not like people were purposely trying to like not be inclusive of me. It was just more like, yeah, yeah, and it was just kind of hard getting into that and being new. Yeah, it's kind of like a just, it, it's not like when you go to into a, any new activity, it's not that people, most of the time, it's not that people are trying to, you know, shut you out and everything. It's just that, you know, oh, it's a new person. I don't know about that. You know, it's you're scared of them, they're scared of you kind of thing. So what is something that's like not currently happening in your youth groups that you would like to see? Or at church. Or at, yeah, church. Um, I go to a church where I'm the only youth because most people are like over 50. <laughs> I also live in a small town, so I can't really relate to any of this. I do wish there were more youth. I really, really do. Like, I remember when I was a kid, and I would be like, maybe this week there'll be someone my age that comes here. Um, I go to a high school that's kind of far away. Um, it's an all-girls school. Um, private Catholic. Do you guys want to, is there anyone else that wants to comment on something you wish would happen in your youth group? Yeah. Um, I really wish, like, because I'd say about over 50% of my youth group goes to one school, and there are 40% at another school, and then, like, for the other five schools in the area, there's only a few of us. I'd like to see um, if we had more kids from different schools coming, then we could really, like, make a connection which is like why right now I really want to invite more kids from my school and get more kids from my school coming regularly because that just opens the doors to like hundreds of more kids coming to my youth group. It could it'd be really cool to see that at my youth group. Um, one thing that I'd like to see is more cooperation, I, I, I guess you could say, between the youth group and the church. Sometimes it feels like the youth group is a separate church and then the church is another church. Um, and there's like separate services and, and the like, and, and I barely see like maybe 2% of the youth group at church services. And I feel like, you know, oh, well, interesting. I'm the only one who's kind of the classical kid who goes to church and then goes to youth group, you know? So uh, that's one thing that I'd like to see is like more of a, uh, it's, this is one church and this is a ministry that is, um, you know, used for specifically the youth. How many of your leaders from youth group do you see at church on Sundays? It's mostly the leaders that are at church. It's just the, the people, you know. Cool. Do you have a, go ahead. I'd say it's pretty much all, all leaders are really involved in the church and um, the youth group. And then about 50% of the kids go to church in youth group, and then 50% are kind of on and off. I'd say it's statistically pretty normal for most churches. You know, it's, it's obvious you're special kids already. You're at Mount Hermon, you go to church, you belong to youth groups. Um, how do you best feel you can share your faith with your friends who maybe aren't going to church or don't even know God? What do you do and how do you feel you can best be an example to them? Um, I feel social media is honestly my favorite way to do it uh, posting like quotes or bible verses or um, telling people to come to uh, youth youth groups um, so that's my favorite way to do it and just inviting my friends to church um, you just kind of have to not obnoxious but persistent about it um, if they tell you to stop kind of be subtle hints but you know <laughs> 
um, the way I try to do it, I try to take very, like, small steps, you know. Maybe one day I'll, like, mention God in the conversation. And maybe another day I'll, like, maybe invite him to youth group. And then maybe another day I'll invite him to church. I try to take, like, these small steps. So it's not like I'm just directly saying, hey, you want to go to, I mean, you want to come to church and accept Jesus tomorrow? It's like, so taking those small steps makes me feel a lot more comfortable in doing that. Um, and I think it feels a lot more comfortable for the person I'm trying to get to go to church and learn about Jesus with. Um, also, just being a role model of what Jesus um, wants us to be like is just being a ball of joy around everybody. And so, especially people that aren't seeing the light, is just so they know that if maybe if I go to church, I'll be as happy as her. Or maybe if I... Um, experience the Lord, I can have that joy of light in my life, too. One-minute gospel presentations to your soccer team. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just going to ask about vaping. Um, My oldest son has been in a private Christian high school, and they act, you know, they're not immune to this, even at a, so I can't imagine the public school. um, They have vaping kids that vape at Trinity Christian and they're, they're, they have signs up and they're, you know, they're, they're trying to intervene all the time. Um, and then uh, there was a child that brought marijuana to school. Um, so how are you guys navigating um, so many people vaping and then just the drug and the world culture in school? I think that also translates to alcohol and party culture as well. I think... Um all of that's becoming more accepted in today's culture. And I think to some extent it's a good thing because the, 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 the people coming up in today's culture are, are rebellious. So um, each, each generation wants to rebel against something. It's kind of innate to human nature. And so before when, you know, in the, like the, the 1900s you have, okay, well we gotta be, you know, drugs no, alcohol no, you know, all these things. Well, okay, what are all the kids gonna do? Okay, our parents are saying, you know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Oh, let's do all that, you know. Um, so I think to some extent it being accepted, um, especially with like honestly uh, homosexuality too, um, it's not rebellious anymore to be gay. Um, and so I think it's a good thing for culture um, that it's being more accepted, but um, it is it is more accepted. And so uh, people just think, okay, well I can do it. There's no, you know, reparations or anything that, are, that will happen. Um, yeah, that's just my two cents. Um, I go to a public school in high school. I'm around vaping weed 24-7. I work at a pizza restaurant where um, people are smoking out back 24-7. I have never physically gotten pressured to do any of this stuff, but I've just never had an urge to do it. Um, I don't see the need for it. I find joy enough in my family and my friends and Jesus. Um, But it's not uncommon for Christians. I know so many Christians that vape and that smoke, and they just, my older brother actually vapes, so I, they just don't feel like they, it's a bad thing, like it's a sin, like they, my Christian friend said, there's a bad, there's worse things in the world, that's what she said, and I said, yes, but what are you really gaining out of it? Is there um, a real big benefit that it's bringing to your life? Because it really isn't, and so, um, that's what I basically told my brother, and he stopped last week, um, and he threw it out because I said, is this really giving you so much joy in your life? And he said, no, I just, I want it, my friends have it, and I'm just like, then why? It's really hurting your body. <laughs> so that's all I just say is just ask them, is there a real big impact into your life, and they'll figure it out. It's really not. Yeah, no, one thing is just to, if making sure that something isn't an idol and whatever it is, whether it's drinking soda, having a bunch of candy all the time, getting high on weed, you know, anything really is. Um, I mean, nothing in the Bible prohibits drinking, nothing in the Bible prohibits smoking, nothing in the Bible prohibits vaping, nothing in the Bible prohibits marijuana. So um, it's all about moderation and what is an idol in your life, what is, you know, sparking joy for you, I don't know. Um, but... Um, it's for your kids specifically I think it's it's your your choice for what they're doing especially since they're your kids you know if you don't want them drinking obviously don't let them drink um, and it's it's 
Um, it's something that I think I haven't heard many stories from friends or anything like that, and I, I've never been pressured to vape or, uh, you know, smoke weed or anything like that. Um, so I think it's I think that itself is going down um, in in numbers. But yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Last answer, and then we're gonna move on to the next question. Okay. So where I go to school, there's a lot of um, vaping, a lot of kids who do drugs. Um, I think one thing you really have to do, because I know a lot of kids who think that vaping isn't like bad at all. Like they know smoking is bad. Smoking's gonna kill you, and they think vaping like oh just it's not as bad as it seems. Um, I think sometimes you can't trust the world that your kid's going to be okay. You just have to pray over it. You have to, pr you have to pray that they're going to say no or they don't get into that situation. Um, and I've personally never gotten into the situation where I've been pressured to do that kind of stuff. But um, you just have to trust God that God has a... Um, hand over you and your kid, and that God will protect them from these types of problems in the world. Awesome. Next question. Someone had their hand up a minute ago. I was going to ask uh, just for input from all of you guys. So my oldest is going into junior high this year. I remember junior high being uh, a lot tougher for me than high school. Um, so as you guys have all come through that already, can you think of uh, – Something specific, some piece of advice that your parents gave you, or some uh, uh, something that you would tell your younger self going going into junior high that you think would be the most helpful. Um, I think it's a lot easier said than done, but don't worry about what other people think. Um, I definitely did, and that took up a lot of time, a lot of effort, and I wasn't happy. I was trying to copy what my best friend wore. I was trying to copy what he did, what she did, trying to look better for him and all that stuff. And it really sucked me in and I stopped caring about what I wanted or what God wanted or what my parents wanted and just kind of feeding into what middle school wanted me to do. And it really ate at me and I ended up not wanting to do anything that I actually wanted to do. So um, to take that pressure off, just don't listen to them. Um, if I could do it again, I would probably focus a little bit less on school and trying to be impressive in other aspects such as sports or music or whatever you do and actually take the time in middle school and elementary to explore who you are as a person and figure that out for yourself because really academics and whatever else is not as important in middle school or elementary as it will be in the future. So I'd take that time more to understand who you are as a person and to figure out what your moral stances are and to gain your own self-confidence and self-respect. I was independently homeschooled, so just me and my brothers through seventh grade, so I really can't say anything about junior high. Is there any advice your parents gave you when you were around that age, though, that's really stuck with you? Um, going into middle school, I, I'd like, I really thought about myself a lot, how I looked, how other people thought of me, um, how many interactions were with people, were they good, were they bad? I'd think about it for hours a day. I laid in my bed for and just be thinking about what people thought of me, how tomorrow would go, what's the worst possible scenario, what's the best possible scenario. Um, but one time, I, my mom told me this a few times. Um, not a lot of people are thinking about how you look, because everyone else is thinking about themselves a lot. Also, high school. Middle school is harder than high school because you're going through your most awkward phases. So everything's happening at once, and it's the most uncomfortable thing ever. So just kind of say, hold on tight, because it gets better in high school. I can't think of any advice, but I did think of something my dad often says, which is, this too shall pass. Um, because, yeah. Great question. 
who are the people in your lives besides your parents that you can openly share with, come to in confidence, um, and rely on for advice um, and direction? Um, my best friend, um, I've known him for about, well, I've known him since I was like five, but we really became best friends about two or three years ago. Um, so it's important to have like a really close friend that you can tell literally anything to, and it doesn't affect the relationship almost at all. Um, another thing is the, uh, you know, small group I have at, uh, at my youth group, uh, my, my, uh, leader friend, uh, at my youth group, my, my youth pastor, I've always, uh, I've kind of trained myself to be really transparent with them, um, and it's it's really affected my life for good. As I'm not like hiding stuff and like no, I'm not not doing that or anything like that. So, my best friend, I I tell her everything, and it not just like I tell my parents mostly everything, but um, the stuff that I'm too embarrassed to tell, I'll tell my, my friend. I'd say my youth pastor, my youth small group leader, um, a lot, uh, some people, youth group that I've grown really close to are probably some people it's really easy to talk through issues with because they're also Christians in a world that persecutes Christians a lot, so they kind of understand what I'm going through too. I'd say some of my teachers have been very important mentors to me, especially going through middle school. Um, music has been a very big part of my life, and many of my music teachers really impacted the direction in which my life went and the choices that I made, and I could definitely confide in them a lot. Awesome, next question. sometimes at youth group the leaders think oh it's youth group we have to be funny we have to be silly um, and for me personally I mean I know some people might enjoy that more uh, but when I go to youth group I really I'm looking for uh, an experience with God I'm looking for a, um, a worshipful time so I would I would like to see more more seriousness about um, I mean a, a church meetings which it really is but for me, it's the same thing. I My youth group is very fun and games, and I understand that they're trying to um, in, involve, trying to help us, help them understand us better and make us more attentive. But like, it, there's a certain point where um, fun and games for 45 minutes out of the hour is a little much, and it, you're not gonna experience that much God, and that's kind of what we all came here for. So um, we appreciate that y'all are trying to um, care to our needs, but we also need to experience Jesus more. Especially because, you know, that's where we invite our non-Christian friends. I would say transparency and um, answering questions that they pose themselves, um, and it's just it's just a way for everybody to connect with everybody. You know, it's not just like the leader and then everybody else and everybody else participating. The leader is just kind of there and facilitating uh, the conversation. Um, they're actually participating in it. Awesome. Next question. I'm just curious, because um, I am a, a youth Bible teacher, Do what uh, portion of the Bible do you have that would you would say has impacted your life the most, or is your favorite story or part of the Bible? 
Um, sorry, I'm kind of stealing the mic a lot. Um, but I would just say Romans or really any of Paul's letters, they're just such beautiful presentations of the gospel, um, the foundation of what, you know, the church has thought on for centuries, you know. I've always really loved going into that and digging into that, but yeah. I'd say any section of the Bible where God's really like, he speaks to someone who's been through a lot of sin and he makes them new again. I think those parts are really interesting to me. Perfect, I'm on my way. What is something that you are constantly hearing from your parents or other adults in your life that you wonder why it's such a big deal and that we're repeating ourselves over and over again and you just, you are like, okay, I don't get it. What's, what's the big deal? I can't think of a specific right now, but just as a general statement, I think that a lot of times parents want to communicate things that are very important, but their kids already understand. And so a lot of times my parents try to tell me something and I'm like, yeah, you've told me that a lot of times and I kind of get it at this point. So, you know, and I try not to be disrespectful and stuff like that, but um, it, do, it gets a little annoying sometimes and it gets on kids' nerves um, when, when they hear something repeated over and over again, um, especially from their parents, which is a authority figure and stuff like that. And they feel like, okay, this is word from God, we have to take it, it has to be, you know, everything like that. For me, it's about my love life. Um, I'll tell my parents if I really get like a good boy, but the moment, my parent, my mom will keep asking and make fun of me about it, and then I'm like, well, now I don't want to tell you when it really happened, so I don't know, just kind of, so we'll come and talk to you. It doesn't get better when you're older. Have you um, ever had a friend that your parents didn't like? Um, and then did you continue to be friends with them because your parents didn't like them? Or could you hear why your parents were concerned about you being in that friendship? And could you hear what they were trying to communicate to you when they were questioning you about that choice? just on my soccer team, you know, probably about 80% of the kids believed in God, but just really didn't care, and then the other 20% went to church, you know, everything like that, um, and my parents were mostly scared that I was going to be affected um, negatively by that, um, and to some extent I was for, for, for the first, like, you know, six or seven months that I was on there, it was, it was a bit of a culture shock for me, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I didn't like quit the soccer team or anything, but um, I, I really tried to think about, you know, staying true to myself and not changing just because I'm around a different group of people, because that, that's the point where you're just fake and you're just, you know, I'm this way at church, I'm this way in my soccer team, I'm this way at school, I'm this way here, so. Um, I don't have any personal experiences. I just know whenever my parents, kids are just, they're gonna find ways to do it. Like if they're at, they're at school, you're not gonna be there. It's, it's you just kind of have to trust them and also, not necessarily force it down their throat, but persuade them because there's school and there's other places and you don't want them trying to rebel against you. So. Awesome. All right. So uh, just curious, um, what uh, specifically do you guys look for um, from your parents um, as far as emotional support, spiritual support, um, mom, dad? Since I'm asking from dad's perspective, I'd like to know. Well, I got in my first car accident and I was really scared to tell my parents, like terrified to tell my parents because I thought they'd yell at me. And so I think it's just being, it's important that I can go to my parents and be like, okay, yeah, they're gonna be mad, but they're also gonna be comforting. Um, that's a lot of things going on with bullying. Their parents are like, oh, if they find out what picture I sent, I can't tell them, I can't tell them. So it's important that you can be like the parent and adult and tell them what's wrong, what's right, but also be comforting and know that they can come and talk to you when they do get in trouble. 
for my dad, I kind of want a like a uh, a person that I can go to when I when I want him. Um, and I well, just kind of as a general rule, like you know, when you have little kids, they need they need more motivation, they need more direct, you know. And then when they get older, you know, less. It gets more like half and half. And then high school, it gets a little more like 75, 25. And then you know, college, more like. 90, 10, you know, something like that. Um, so, like, a hands-off kind of, like, you know, a support for, you know, just kind of, like, I know he's there if I need him kind of a thing. I'd say I look for a lot of my emotional support, my mom, and a lot of my spiritual support, my dad, but sometimes, you know, my dad will emotionally support me and my mom will spiritually support me. Any more questions? We have time for one, maybe two more. I would most want for them not to be affected by the circumstances and feelings they might have um, as they're going through a, you know, a very busy stage. You know, this is where most of the growth and development happens for, you know, their entire life. You know, people say, you know, I think they always said, but like the music you listen to at 14 is going to be the music you like for the rest of your life, and it's really not going to change for the most part. So I mean, even just something, something just like base like that. You know, this is where everything's happening, and so like being grounded in God's word and being grounded by your identity in Christ um, is very important and that's mostly what I would like for a, you know, any, any kid out there. Um, to stay true to yourself and be confident in who you are, the times where kids be in the most trouble is when they're leaning on others for support or they need others' um, recognition and admiration for them to feel good about themselves. So it's important that they feel good about themselves no matter if they're doing drugs or if they're with the right friends or if they're alone, um, that they can be comfortable with who they are. Wisdom and self-confidence. I'd wish for the ability for kids to really be open to um, get support whenever they need it, like whenever they're falling, to rely on others to help them to bring each other back up. Honestly, I can't think of a better way to end it, so we're just going to end it there. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming out, and can we give a round of applause to these awesome campers? Thank you, guys.